the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is present here with us this morning. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I was ecstatic my first Christmas in Florida. My first Christmas day in Florida signaled a break from something that I had to do ever since we had moved to the United States. And that was this thing that my dad's family did on his side of the family. They would get together and every year... Everybody would come together and we would do like this progressive dinner thing that stretched from about Christmas Day at noon until, well, the wee hours of the night. And my brother and I always thought, this is just a horrible waste of time. I don't want to be here. But then we found out the reason that this tradition had been enacted in the first place and then we started to hate it even more. Because the whole reason that we had this tradition was that my dad and his brother would get together with all of his cousins and they would go to one another's house so that they could show off Christmas presents to one another and show each other what they got for Christmas. And we just thought, well, that was a little bit too gauche and it was a little bit too showy and we weren't into that. And we already hated the tradition anyway, so that didn't hurt. And so, when I got here, that meant that I got to have a break from that tradition. I didn't have to do the progressive dinner anymore. I didn't have to show off what we got for Christmas. But sometimes that's a little fun, isn't it? Sometimes it's fun to show off what you got for Christmas. Some of you, in fact, might even be wearing a Christmas present today. Some of you might have something on you that is a Christmas present. And you might be wearing that so that you can brag about how cool the present is, or you can brag about how cool the person is who gave you the present. And it's kind of fun to show off your presents to other people. But there's something else about Christmas, as I was telling the kids. There's something else that we celebrate during this season. It's not just about the presents. It's not just about the gifts. But it's also about the presence with a C-E. The time that we get to spend with one another. The uh, fact that we get to enjoy one another's company. And that kind of presence a lot of times is more important to us than what any sort of gift would be. In fact, if you know people who have lost some of that presence in their life, they would probably trade all of their Christmas presents this season just to have that presence back again. They would probably trade all of their Christmas gifts just so that they could talk to that person once more. Just so that they could be with that person once more. And no matter what happened, whether it was death, or they moved to the other side of the world, or there was a break in the relationship, or maybe they just got interested in something else. Whatever it is, a lot of us can think maybe to a time in our life where we would be willing to trade 
all of our presence for just the presence of that person or those people. Well, Mary and Joseph in our Gospel reading today are just getting to know the presence of this little baby boy Jesus who, with a rough estimation, is probably about two years old. The baby in the manger has now become a toddler who's probably reaching up to the knees of his parents, of Joseph and Mary. And something strange happens as they're getting to know this little boy who's probably just beginning to say his first words and do some things that are cute and interesting. There's these three, or maybe even more, wise men that show up at the door. These three foreigners from the east, and they show up and they say, We're here because we've heard about the presence of a new king in Israel. And they bring him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they celebrate His presence, the presence of this new King of Israel. Of course, unfortunately, they also told the wrong person about the presence of this new King in Israel, and they told the person who was currently the King of Israel that there was the presence of this new King. And so Herod didn't want that presence to be around. And what did he do? Well, he sent out his soldiers. Sent out his soldiers into all of the surrounding towns where this little boy might be. And they killed all of the little boys that were two years old and younger. Just because he couldn't handle the presence of this new king. And you can imagine what the loss of presence must have felt like for those fathers and those mothers, for the grandparents, for the brothers and the sisters who had the presence of these six-month-olds, these nine-month-olds, these 14-month-old little baby boys that were struck down by soldiers who came in and killed them. You can imagine what the loss of that presence might feel like because you probably know the experience of losing someone's presence. You know the experience of somebody being taken away from you, whether it be for a reason that maybe, well, was your fault. Or maybe it was because it was, it was their fault. Or maybe it was just that both of you got just disinterested with one another. And you became more interested in something or someone else. That loss of presence, Matthew tells us, through the words of Jeremiah's wrapped up in these words. Rachel weeping for her children. She will not be consoled. She will not be consoled. We know what it feels like to lose the presence of someone in our life.
We know what that is like, and frankly, many of us would probably choose to, rather than lose somebody who's in our family or somebody who's dear to us, we would say that we would choose to give all of our presents for all of the Christmases, all of the gifts that we've ever received, we would give them back just to have this one person here with us again. Well, at least that's what we would like to say. But, you see, we're not really that good at being present with people. We're not really that good at being completely present with even the people that we love the most. We can get distracted by the television or by work or by something else or by someone else. And pretty soon, our presence with that person seems to be, well a little bit lacking. And then even our presence with God becomes something of a distracted afterthought. Maybe He's somebody that we go to when we really need something, but the rest of the time do we really recognize that He's there? Well, you see, thankfully, God is a lot like Rachel. In fact, God is the beginning of where Rachel felt that heartache. Rachel, when she was weeping, when she would not be consoled, is a perfect picture of God for us. God weeped over His children that were taken away from Him. God weeped over His children that had wandered away from Him. God weeped and would not be consoled. He would not be consoled until He sent His very own Son into this world, into this sinful world that is distracted from Him and from His goodness and from His righteousness. Sent His only Son into this world that would try to kill Him right after He was born and would succeed in killing Him on the cross. God sent His only Son to be present with us in this world that kills its own children. Because He loved us. Because He loved us so much that He wouldn't be consoled. That He wouldn't be consoled with just the mere fact that we had turned away or that we had been taken away. Instead, He came in to rescue us and to be present with us. And that presence is what we celebrate this Christmas. That presence that He came into our world, that He came to teach us, that He came to die on the cross for us, that He came to raise up out of that tomb so that we could be present with Him. Not for just a moment, not for just a Christmas, but for an eternity. That's the Christmas presence that we celebrate. Because He is born. Hallelujah. Amen.